Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Peter Giannoulis, who is the president and CEO of Allegiant. They're a Nevada-based gold explorer. They've got nine projects in total. Eastside is their key focus, and they're trying to work out what they have there. They've also formed out a project called Bolo. We talked to Peter today about share price appreciation. This has been in a kind of terminal decline for the last three years or so. Peter tells us how, since he's joined as CEO in October of 2019, how he's going to increase shareholder value. We discussed that and a number of other topics. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, Peter. How are you, sir? Hi, Matt. How are you? Doing well, thank you. You're on lockdown in Miami. There's worse places, right? Uh, there's a lot of worse places. It's about 25 degrees centigrade outside. Um, sun's shining. It's beautiful. You got the family there. Can't be bad. It's great. Can't be bad. That's amazing. So you're going to tell us about Allegiant uh, today. So why don't you kick off with a one minute summary and we'll pick it up from there. Well, I can give you a 30 second or a two minute. I don't have. Oh, give me a two minute. Give me a two minute. We'll be generous. We've got time. Okay, great. Well, Allegiant Gold is a gold exploration company with nine projects in the southwest of the United States, with the primary focus being on Eastside, which is our 1.1 million ounce flagship project located about 40 to 45 kilometers northwest of Tonopah, Nevada, a, a town that's well recognized, as well as Bolo, which is another gold discovery we made in 2016, which is currently being drilled and, and developed by Iberian Mining, which is our earn-in partner. I think it's important to mention a little bit about our philosophy and how we look at Allegiant uh, and how we manage it as, as a group. Um, you know, I, I kind of boil it down into five things. You know, first thing being focus. Uh, you know, we do have nine projects. Exploration is a very risky business. Um, our beliefs, if you have something like we do with Eastside, then focus on it. Uh, focus all your energy, all your capital on developing that and then farming out the rest and farming out the rest to earn, you know, work programs as well as cash coming in the door. The second uh, philosophy is, is keeping a low GNA and cash burn on the company. Um, henceforth, you don't have to raise money just to keep the lights on and paying GNA and farming out projects actually helps with that. The third philosophy we have is a creative, the concept of a creative dilution. You know, markets are volatile, they're cycle dependent, and there's no more than that than say the exploration and the gold exploration industry. Um, sometimes, and it's a little more controversial to say that, but sometimes it's actually better to do nothing. And we do have the luxury today of doing that because we don't have to raise, you know, in theory, have to raise capital to, to keep the lights on. Um, we can't advance our projects unless we raise capital, but we'll let the markets determine that. Uh, the fourth thing is jurisdiction. I've spent the last 25 years working in Latin America, either investing in it or working on with companies there. Um, some amazing gold and, and precious metal and other uh, resource projects out there. Um, I do have a saying that I developed, Matt, over the last uh, 25 years about Latin America and, and some of the fringe emerging markets is, is it's kind of a lose-lose proposition. Um, and, and it goes back to jurisdiction. In Latin America, if you have, if you're working on a project, find it and you find nothing, well, you lose. But if you're also working on a project and you find something amazing, you also lose because they'll find a way to take something away from you. And, and I've seen that many, many times. And then the fifth of our philosophy is, is really having skin in the game, having management 
buying shares, having management have a large ownership position and management and insiders having that position in the company. And I think at Allegiant, we've proven that over the last six months of large insider buying of, of, of our own company. That's a, a, that's a two minute kind of sum. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So um, and how long have you been at the helm as CEO and president? I've been at the helm since early October, so about almost six months now. Um, prior to uh, taking over the role, I've been at uh, Allegiant on the board of directors for, uh, depending on how you count it, for about 11 to 12 years. Uh, Allegiant, prior to spinning out, uh, prior to being an independent company, was part of Columbus Gold. And the reality, if you go back to the history of Columbus Gold, Ale Columbus Gold was Allegiant from 2006 to about 2011, and then Columbus went off on a, another uh, 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 strategy of, of becoming a developer, and they have an amazing asset in, in French Guiana. So I, I have been involved with the Legion directly in, a, in basically acquiring almost every single asset they have today over the last 11 years. Okay, so, but at the helm since October, so six, six seven months, because I'm looking at the share price and you know, if I'm a shareholder, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy. I'm not happy for the last three years. I know you had a bit of a comeback rally over Christmas, this Christmas just gone, um, but it's popped back down again. So, you know, what I want to get out of today's conversation with you is an understanding of what direction the company's going in and how it's going to create shareholder value. Because right now, the only, shareholders aren't making money. The company might be with the various projects that you've been doing. So um, if you don't mind sharing with us, you were, let's, let's, let's kick off, what's, what's the business plan? You know, how would you describe yourself, first of all? What is the company, you, 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 so people get an understanding of what the risk profile of the company is and what are you planning to do? You've talked about one of your nine projects, I guess it's a start, but let's talk about the business plan first. The business plan. I'll, I'll talk about the business plan. We can address the stock a, a little bit later because I, you know, that that's, that's a completely different. Concept. So, the, on the the business plan is to focus on Eastside. Our belief is that we have a an emerging district size opportunity. Eastside's about seventy two square kilometers. It was discovered. Um, we've had it for about ten years. We discovered the first uh, you know results four or five years ago, and we focused on drilling. We have over fifty five sixty thousand meters now drilled at Eastside on an original pit zone. So I, I want to set the framework for that the to answer your question. Um, the original pit zone has initially had 700,000 ounces at about 0.6 grams a ton. We've now uh, incorporated additional drilling, obviously, um, you know, to be fair, higher gold prices, um, which now uh, led to about a 1.1 million ounce resource deposit, same grade 0.6 grams a ton. Our entire business plan now is focused on Eastside in developing, increasing the size of that resource, reducing strip ratio, and and finding additional deposits within the Eastside district. So today, Eastside has 1.1 million in the north part, which is the original pit zone, um, and then we have an additional 270,000 ounces on the south part of the project. So if you look at it, there's really about 15 kilometers, 20 kilometers difference between the north and the south. They're not connected. We have about 270,000 ounces of historical resources. Uh, on the south zone. So combined, which you shouldn't do because one's 43, 101 or compliant, one is not, you know, you get an idea of the size of this deposit. Um, it is growing. It is, there's a lot of potential to continue to develop that. So our, our, our business plan is focused on 
um, increasing the size, reducing strip, um, going at depth. It's open literally, and I hate to say this because I've been on both sides, as you know, it's open in all directions. And, you know, I, I, I've never been in a pitch where they said it's not open in all directions, but it's all, it's not open in all directions, but it's open on the northwest, south, and east, and at depth. And um, so th there is a lot more work that's required. Um, reducing strip is important. There's a path to reducing strip. We've done our own internal PEA. And ultimately, over the next two to three years, and it could be shorter or it could be longer, depending on you know market conditions, we would continue to drill this out, drill new targets in there, and focus on east side to get to a a published PEA. Right. So your your model is you are an explorer. You're building out ounces. That's what you want to do. You want to build it out to a point where you're attractive to someone who steps in and then builds a mine. Is, is that or adds ounces to their resource number? I mean, is that what you are? I, I think that there's two paths. here. I think there's that path, which you just stated, which is, is fair. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of 1 million ounce oxide type resources in a jurisdiction like Nevada that's not owned by Kinross or Nevada Barrick. You know, we are very close. I can actually see Round Mountain from, from Eastside. It's about 30 miles. If, if you want to talk about miles, it's actually on a clear day, I can see it. You know, there's not a lot of those resources out there. There are sulfide refractory deposits out in, that are three, four, five million, but require toll milling and that just automatically makes it, renders it not economical. The second path is finding, and, and you know, we won't talk about this because we haven't discussed it publicly, but you know, the theory of having a higher grade zone within Eastside to start a starter pit, um, which changes the dynamics of what we would potentially do. So if you can find that area of call it two, three, 400,000 ounces of a starter pit, which is higher grade, it allows you to, uh, to it gives you another option on how you would like to develop Eastside in the event that Allegiant were to go down that route. But and, and I'm not But that's a tough one and, and a lot of people talk about being able able to do that. And with, with low grade that, that that's tough. So you'd have to it'd have to be significantly higher grade than you are currently experiencing. Um, and but you've done an internal PEA PA. So you've got some sense, albeit a very basic economic sense of what the potential is there. So are you able to say that is something that you're, ser you're still seriously considering? I mean, I wouldn't say it's a basic PEA. I mean, there's a lot of work that went into it. We do have, you know, if you look at our board of directors and you look at our, our chief geologists, these are people that are some, I, I mean, I'm not saying that you can just look them up. They're some of the most well-respected people in the industry. The, the You know, the ex-president of El Dorado, then that's a billion dollar company. Andy Wallace is, I think, arguably or unarguably probably the most respected geologists in Nevada. Um, you know, there's, these are people who understand that, you know, MDA is our resource consultant. I've had people look at, at, our, at our internal PEA. And so we have, um, I would say it's a little bit more than just some, some back of the napkin numbers. So to answer your question, you know, the, the PEA absolutely shows a robust, our internal PEA, you know, potentially shows a robust uh, resource there. It, it is very sensitive to the price of gold because of the strip ratio. And that's something that we need to, you know, if you ask me what is, it's not all, it's not all beautiful. I mean, Eastside is an amazing project, but we have to reduce the strip ratio. Um, and, and there's a path to reducing that strip. Right. Okay. So, strip okay. Building yeah. additional okay. I understand. I understand. I understand. But, but you get my point. Like a regular PEA has a plus or 30% variable there. It's, it's preliminary. Clues in the in the, in the description, 
Um, your process you've gone through internally surely wouldn't have been as robust as a regular PEA because you're not going to spend the time or money on it. What you do have is years of Nevada-based experience and obviously with Andy Wallace, etc. I guess you can. You, there's a lot of peer data that you can use. But what I'm interested in is, in getting back to my original question, which is what type of company are you? If you're going to go down the route of building out answers and be taken over, I'd love to have the conversation with where the value lies for shareholders there. You know, what's the value you can create? And we've seen companies do it, but I want to know how you're going to do it. Or if option two is a reality, you've some ways to go. At some point, you're going to have to, you know, do those studies and work out what the economics are before anyone's going to step in with a bunch of cash for you, aren't they? So, so these are the things that are going around in your head. So, how do you move this forward? How do shareholders uh, see, you know, understand what it is that you're trying to build out here? Yeah, I mean, from a shareholder perspective, I'm interested in what what the value per share is. I'm not interested in the market cap of a company. Like it, it does no good to a shareholder of me taking a company from 10 million in market cap to hundred million, but the share count goes from 60 million to a billion. There you go. Now I've been in that situation many times. So I am very, very focused on what the value per share is, not the value. Like I don't, I don't care. Building a hundred million dollar company is not that difficult. Building a $5 per share company is extremely difficult. Okay. So our focus on, on that is value creation. When I say value creation, I mean value per share creation of, of everything that we do today, given the current market scenario for junior exploration companies. I mean, gold can be at 1700. I, I mean, you can look at the GDXJ, which isn't really a junior mining industry. It's actually a mid cap type of mining index. But if you look at you know a, a, a collection of the exploration companies, they really haven't participated. What we decided to do with our cash is prepare ourselves to expand the resource and do things that are probably that I couldn't do in parallel and are probably the most time constrained aspects, which is permitting. And so what we've increased, we decided to use this time and our capital to get ready for drilling because if the markets turn and I haven't done the permit, now I'm going to waste a year. So now what we've done is we started the permitting, we started the studies to expand our operating permit zone from you know, 250 hectares, 600 acres to 3,600 acres or 1,500 hectares, essentially, um, 1,600 hectares, where we can now be ready when the markets turn, we raise capital in the event that that's what the market wants us to do or we want to do to, to test additional targets and expand our operating zone. We believe that will add value per share more than anything else we do. Right. How much cash have you got today? Um, well, cash and marketable securities, because I think it's important, both of them, and okay. I can get into that, why I think it's important, um, would be, um, you know, half a million to $600,000. Right. Okay. So to, to do anything meaningful, you're going to have to go to, go back out to market. And I, and I guess I'm going to keep pushing you here because I, w- I want to get the answer, which is a lot of companies are saying the same things as you. And if you're going out to market at the same time as them, people got to try and understand why you versus the next guy. Okay. So... What is that thing? But it comes down to that elevator pitch here. Why you versus the next guy saying exactly the same thing? Yeah, I, I think there's great companies. And I think each investor has to understand where they want to be in the risk spectrum. You know, so you have pure exploration companies that are trying to find that next discovery. We're beyond that. We, you know, we do have a resource. You know, it is in a great jurisdiction. 
has, you know, early stage metallurgy is great. We have a nice 1.1 million to build on. And that's, there's not a lot of companies that can say that. And our, our risk profile, obviously as an exploration company is risky, but maybe less risk, less riskier than a company that's looking to find something or even just drilling and, and, you know, finding gold isn't that difficult. Finding an economic deposit is actually very difficult. Right. So given, and, given your bulk operation, what what size of resource are you going to get, need to get to to be interesting to someone like like an Equinox or, you know, th- those sorts of guys who may want to, who are good at doing what, you know, what, what this what this uh, project will need doing. So what's that number? Is it five million ounces? Is it six million? Is it no, 10? No, I mean, I, what happens? I, I I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that linear. I don't think it's a linear function of you know how many ounces you get. I think there's a lot of combination of a grade. I think metallurgy. I think strip ratio. I think the gold price plays an important part. And it you know at fifteen fifty, I can tell you ourselves and many other projects are extremely economical. But that you know it's it's not what I'm saying. It's that the majors or mid tiers need to feel comfortable that gold will be 1550 or 1600 or 1650 over periods of time. Clearly we're extremely, I mean, I would, I mean, we haven't published anything, but I would think we're very, very profitable economic if we use 1550 gold. Um, so I think one, it's a factor of that Two, It's a factor of size too. And I think three, in our case, more than size improving up three to 5 million ounces, which I think is absolutely something that could occur at Eastside. But I think more relevant today for us is showing that we have a path to, to reducing strip from, say, six to four, because even at, 50, at 1550, six strip, we're very profitable. Well, you know, every, a, everyone's profitable at 1550. Yeah, that's my point. My okay. point is strip ratio increases the sensitivity to gold prices, right? So uh, if we can reduce the, the, you know, the, you know, the curve from you know, from six to four, then it becomes less sensitive to gold prices. And the way we go from six to four or, or five or whatever that number, each incremental one drop by one of strip ratio is six is significant. And so our path is to expand it, you know, continue finding gold along the outer part of that shell, which we know exists and, and going at depth because that will also reduce strip as well where we you know what we see in on the geology of what we have so you know we have 170 holes we know the geology fairly well and i think that you know there is that path it just requires you know we know what we know but since we're a publicly traded company and there's an ni43 101 you know and and an updated resource estimate we need to show the market you know that information on a on a public basis right so when do you start that process there there are you know traditional reports which people expect to see to give them a, a comfort around what it is that you've got. When are you going to start that process? With half a million bucks in the bank, that's going to get you so far. I don't know what your burn rate is on a monthly basis. I know you guys have put some money in here, but what, what is your overhead? Our overhead uh, in U.S. dollars, because I kind of think of U.S. dollars as opposed to Canadian dollars, is about... Um, not including land holding costs, but just pubco costs and salaries and everything is about thirty thousand, thirty-five thousand a month. Okay, so it's not crazy. It's not crazy. Um, okay, so you've got enough money to see you through, let's say, and for for twelve months. Would that would that be fair if you did nothing? Yeah, that, right. Well, yeah, but but, but you've got to do something. 
Well, I mean, but there, there's another element that I think is important. I mean, we are getting constant cash payments, right? So it's, you know, what do we have in cash and what do we have coming in the till every year, right? And so we do get about um, 550,000 US dollars every year, okay. more or less. So yes, we have money, we have marketable securities and we get paid every year on our farmhouse. So it's not just how long the cash lasts us, it's well, how much money's coming in too. Okay, so you, do they, are they paid annually or quarterly or how, how do the... Uh, uh, annually in different periods of time, but yes, annually. So we'll, our next payment in certain ones will come in later this year and then at the end of this year, we'll have another payment. Okay, but th those dollars themselves right now are, are just helping kind of run the company. They're not creating value, you know, dollar for dollar. It's you, you're not doing much with that money at the moment, are you? Well, we are. I mean, it costs money to permit. There's studies you have to do. There's geological work you have to do. So what is it paying for? Well, it's paying for um, the operating, getting the getting the operating permit area expanded. It's paying for geological studies, sampling, geochem, geophysic work. I mean, there is a lot of things that go into prepping. You just, you know, the, just blindly throwing the hole down. We need to reduce the probability of, of you know, increase the probability of finding something. And that requires a lot of groundwork that um, that we're doing. And, you know, we we're funded for that. And then if we want to do a to 5,000 meter program, um, you know, the, each meter today drilled is about $110 US. So that kind of gives you a number of, you know, 5,000 meters would be what's $600,000 essentially. Then you have some road building, you have some additional bonding. Right. But you know, I don't view the numbers as very crazy. Okay. No, no, they're not. But at the same time, you're not getting any credit for them and they're not earning you money, right? They're not earning you value, you know, the, the well, mark, I, I, you're whatever, it's have, 8 million market cap at the moment and you're, you don't, no one yeah, seems have, to be paying attention. That, that's true. I have a, um, you know, I have a philosophy that I've kind of developed, which is, is don't tell me what it costs per meter to drill. Tell me how many shares I have to print per meter. And so um, today, you, I know it cost me $100 a meter. Well, that means nothing to me. I know it costs me 1500 shares a meter to drill in Canadian dollars, right? So I know what my dilution factor is. And if you you tell me it costs me 1500 shares a meter to drill, I have to think about that. Do I want to print seven and a half million shares or, a, you know, 10 million shares to drill a five or 10,000 meter program? I, I mean, I, I can't tell you, I can tell you what I would say because I'm running the company and you know, no, you know, I, you know, sometimes there are times I've been in these cycles and, you know, people want us to advance these projects, but it goes back to the whole philosophy of, do you want me to have 500 million shares outstanding? What what value am I creating to shareholders, of which I'm the single largest shareholder? Like, what value am I creating to myself if I blow out the share structure, which I can't really go backwards now. Okay. Right? But, so I'm... But look, look, okay, look, I think we can agree that you're not being credited with... The things that you're doing at the moment so what when is the when does the moment arrive what is the thing that you're going to deliver and the market's going to go oh okay i can see the the culmination of what he's been doing since october to date has manifested itself in this one thing i'm now going to pay attention so you know why should people what is that moment when people are going to start paying attention to you 
I think there's a lot of things that are going on with Allegiant, much more than other, say, exploration companies. I mean, we do. So we've been spoke, focusing on Eastside and that right now things are moving in parallel in terms of operating permit geological studies and we'll release information there. But on, on, this, on a parallel side, we have Bolo. And so Barian Mining, which uh, we have an earn-in agreement with them, they, they can earn into 50%. We It's 100% owned by us. They have the ability to earn a 50% stake in that by paying us a million US dollars for the project, mm-hmm. plus spending $4 million over the next three, uh, four years, they've spent 500,000 or they needed to spend, uh, I believe, close to a million Canadian dollars this year to develop, to to drill Bolo. They drilled last year. It was a very, you know, appears to be a very successful program. It was, it, it carried on on what we've done. Now what they're going to do is drill, you know, spend almost a million Canadian dollars in drilling. My guess is that'll be a, Two to six thousand meter program in Bolo, and that will be that will have a constant news flow of drill results. Um, you know, mid to end of this year, and Bolo is you know was one of our best projects. But the reality is, you know, my philosophy is you got to focus on one thing, and we we chose Eastside because we believe um, you know the potential is very very large. Bolo could be an, a, another amazing project, but we can't do both. And so Barry and his Okay, so you, you've taken a million bucks from them, plus they're committed to four million bucks over the next three years, and they've started that process already. So then you, you've got to hope that they hit something or at least prove up something meaningful in the next three years. And then they, they've got well, 50%, I, and I assume then you, you, uh, that you're not carried on that, presumably. You're going to have to come up with some money at some point as well, are you? Well, yeah, they, they have... So at the end of 2023, they could also uh, elect to go to 70, 70% or 75% of the project by spending an additional X million dollars. And I think it's four as well. Um, you know, the reality is they're gonna spend about 750,000 US this year. Mm-hmm. That will get them a lot of drilling. Last year they spent, they drilled about 1800 meters. They spent a half a million on the program. Um, they released, 10 drill results on that. I believe they'll drill at least that this year, probably significantly more. And um, and ultimately that may lead to a resource estimate, but you know, clearly if they if they wanted to, they could probably get a resource estimate today. Okay, and they are, they've got the cash to do this. Or are they raising the market so, as well? So they, um, in December, they announced a acquisition uh, of Mount Kinsley from Liberty Gold. Um, so they, they, they halted their stock at that time. They're raising the capital, uh, as we speak, uh, I, I can't tell you how it's going. I, I know how it's going. I just don't think it's my place to say how it's going. And, okay. uh, you know, we're, we're hopeful that, uh, so, that so, so, just, just that. nod or shake your head. It's fine. Don't, <laughs> don't say anything. I, look, they're, they're very well represented. Okay. Uh, people from Liberty a major interest in the company and yeah. the, the, you know, the guy running uh, Barry and has, has done an amazing job. Okay, okay. So you've got Bolo and you're saying, yeah. again, I'm just, I'm just trying to piece, piece all this together in terms of help, almost help me to understand how you stand out. So you, you, you've, you've got some income, regu- well, irregular income ac- across the year to the tune of about 500, 550. Is that American or Canadian? American. American. Okay. Um, you've got a bit of cash in the bank at the moment. You're going to need to raise some money at, 
soon, presumably. Well, I mean, if we want to drill, we have to raise money. If um, Isn't that how you move things forward? Well, I, I think there's a different ways to move forward. Like one bolo, we're not spending a dollar and that, you know, that we own 100% of that project. That's moving that project forward. But you're not in control of that. You're out of control there. No, we're out of control on, on that because we're, they're spending the money and they're the operator on that. And then on the case of, but but it is moving forward because if they don't move it forward, they would lose the project back to us. And only they have a million dollars into the project already. Then, um, well, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to walk away for the project that has a discovery that is growing, had a great drill program last year. Um, you know, it, it was their main project before they acquired Mount Kinsey. But it may not be their they're choice. Not, it may not be their choice to walk away if they can't raise money in this market. It, it may not be their choice, right? And on the east side, for us to continue drilling, the first step we need to do is increasing our operating permit area. And whether we want to drill or not drill, you know, the first step we need to do is, is increase that area. And we're doing that. And, uh, you know, what could change well, if the markets opened up today? We would we would raise money and we would drill around the original pit area that doesn't require the extended uh, operating pit area. So. Um, the op the extension of the operating or the expansion of the operating permit area allows us to go beyond the original pit zone and expand that. So, but what can we do if the markets were to change? Well, we can drill the castle zone on the south, and we can prove that up and include that in the 43101 resource in the east side. We could continue to drill within the original pit zone um, and expand that resource within the original pit, as well as you know potentially reduce strip. In, in, in that area. But look, um, there's other ways to scale the cap here. And we are, you know, I think we're being prudent in how we're managing um, our shareholder capital and how um, how we look at share count. I mean, we haven't, you look at our share count, it's it's been the same for a few years. And I, I'm very, very uh, uh, proud of that because not a lot of companies, exploration companies are going to say that they've had 61 million shares outstanding for two years. It just doesn't happen very frequently. Yeah, but that's not how I make money. I make money when your share price goes up, right? And, that, and it hasn't. But it, but it's fine. So I took over in October. Um, what, the first thing we did was we cleaned up the share account. got a hold of it. I bought my own position in there. I cleaned out shareholders or any weekends that were out there, and that's fine. Um, we took the shares off of Gold Corp. So Gold Corp was the, um, it did a private placement uh, two, three years ago when they merged with uh, with uh, Newmont. The first thing they wanted to do, Newmont came out and said, look, hey, you know, we're going to get rid of our juniors. They called us and we, we I was happy to buy their 6 million share position. And I per primarily was bought by me. Um, so the first thing I had to do was clean up that share count. And, you know, as a shareholder, you want to make money, but you also want to know what the torque is in it for you. Like, um, I can show you, Matt, a path of, you know, to getting to 100 million market cap, which I think is reasonable. But if I'm going to have 200 million shares outstanding doing that, you know, for you, the upside is 50 cents Canadian, which is only about 35 cents US today. But if, if I can show you a path of 100 million by keeping the share count down, I think I've done a better job. And look, I can there. I can show you. I look at hundreds of junior companies, hundreds, and I can. I I won't go into names, but there's some great results that have come out in particularly near um, in in Canada, near in near Ontario recently. Some amazing results. You know, 150 grams for over eight meters, and the stocks go down. So there is no correlation from work program 
at least that I can see, any work spending and advancing the project on drill results and stock price going up. So unless someone shows me where I'm wrong in my, in my, in my belief, then I'll change it. I just think today you have to choose your timing. And I think I'm doing more of a service to an investor by being prudent, doing things that don't cost a lot of money today because the market won't care or may not care. Like we, we published an excellent, I, I would say an amazing updated resource that increased resources by 55% by adding resources through additional drilling and obviously higher gold prices. A slightly reduced strip, kept grade the same. You know, it, it, almost on every aspect was great and it did nothing. Okay, so. Yeah, That's that, that, was that, that, was the, that was the market for the last year and a half. No one, no one cared. But that's my point, Matt. And so when you say to when you push back at me and say, well, look, we got to get the stock. How am I going to make money? Well, let me tell you, I can push all I want, but if the market is not ready from a timing perspective to go up, the best thing I can do from an investor is protect the capital, protect the share structure, because when it turns, Allegiant may actually be the best company position from a price per share perspective. It may give you the best torque, may not give you the biggest market cap, but there's a lot of companies that are going to go up to $200 million in market cap, but I may have a billion shares outstanding. I don't think I'm doing a service to the investor because of that. Um, and I'm the largest shareholder. Um, insiders are very, very large shareholders of the company. And I, I have this discussion with our board um, all the time. And I have the support of the board to do, to, to give that, you know, upside potential to investors. Fantastic. Yeah, you I mean fourteen and a half percent yourself and insiders at the moment. And so you're paying yourself, or are you just doing this for free? No, we, I pay myself a very small uh, salary. Um, I don't remember if it's around sixty five hundred a month, seven thousand US a month. You know, it's in, in the public records, but it's reasonable. Um, the Canadian dollar, I would think that our our, our cost structure is actually down, but it you know through through currency more than anything, uh, you know, translated to US dollars. But we we you know, I, I, I want to make money by the share price going up. So back to your, your, your comment, well, there's no one that's more incentivized and motivated in getting the share price up than me. No one, actually no one. So I, I, you know, I, I want to protect the share account. I'm not interested in increasing market cap. I'm interested in increasing price per share. Okay, beautiful. Got the message loud and clear. Um, let's, let's wrap it up there because that's a fantastic first introduction to you know, it, but it's, it's, it's a small exploration business, but um, I'm always interested in seeing how people are going to try and stand out from the marketplace. You're putting it down to timing. So last question of the day is, what do you think that timing is going to be given market conditions as you see them now? I know it's slightly strange times, but can you put a pin well, on it? Um, I, I can't. I'm not a market timer. What I can tell you is that when I got involved in mining companies back in uh, uh, 1997, 1998, when I was at Solomon Brothers. Um, and when I first made my first personal investment in 2004, I think gold was around $400 an ounce, $450 an ounce. The, so another of my quirky ratios that I look at, so I, I have shares per meter and all of these other things. I also look at what the value of in-situ resources are as a percentage of spot price. So back then, Let's say an in, a company was valued at $10 an ounce, and, and that was one of the bottoms of the market in the in the junior companies. But they were valued at about $10 an inferred ounce in situ. 
but gold was 400, right? So that basically gave you essentially about a two and a half percent of spot price. In 2007, a lot of these companies, I, I don't have a, the actual statistic, but $100 an ounce was common. The gold price was about 700. And so it, it turned out to be roughly uh, 14%, 14.5% 14 per of, of spot in in-situ resources. Okay, Today, many of the juniors are being valued at $10 an ounce, but gold is 1600 So that gives you 0.6% of, of spot price. So I, I don't know what the timing is like, but if gold prices stayed where they were and the market were to revalue the exploration companies, the companies actually have resources to $100 an ounce again from 10, well, that's that's a 1,000% run on it, and it still would be historically cheap. So put that in context, you know, 100 of 1,600 would be about six six and a half percent. It would be historically within the within the average, but on the lower side. So to answer your question, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know when the markets are going to turn in the expiration. They are cheap. Um, you know, time is maybe on our side if you if you're not burning through cash and you just have to wait it out. And I I'm, I wish I could give you a better answer. I just don't know. Thanks, Peter. Enjoy that right, chat. Thank you. Stay in touch. Let us know how you're getting on. You know, with 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 obviously the markets as they are. Maybe who knows when that will be, but. Um, We'd love to hear from you as you progress things. I appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Take care. Cheers. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.